Welcome to the Reading and Ranting, where we read obsessively and rant about life in our 20s. I'm Carly. And I'm Mia. And look, I didn't want to be a half-blood. If you're reading this because you think you might be one, my advice is close this book right now. Believe whatever lie your mom or dad told you about your birth and try to lead a normal life. Being a half-blood is dangerous. It's scary. Most of the time, it gets you killed in painful, nasty ways. If you're a normal kid reading this because you think it's fiction, great. Read on. I envy you for being able to believe that none of this ever happened. But if you recognize yourself in these pages, if you feel something stirring inside, stop reading immediately. You might be one of us. And once you know that, it's only a matter of time before they sense it too, and they'll come for you. Don't say I didn't warn you. Hey, seaweed brains. If you didn't already know, today's episode is on Percy Jackson, specifically the new show on Disney+, Plus, which is called Percy Jackson and the Olympians. This show sparked major nostalgia for Mia and I, who were huge Percy Jackson girls back in our middle school days, and we were completely fangirling when the show finally dropped. And speaking of fangirling, for today's rant, we'll also be throwing it back to the middle school middle school fangirl era that I know all reading girlies went through. So let's get into it. Okay, Mia, this book specifically just brings back so much nostalgia because other than Harry Potter, Percy Jackson was like the book for me. That was my fantasy. That was my like favorite characters. This was my read during middle school recess underneath the desk during class. Like, So when I heard this show was coming out, obviously I was like, I cannot wait. And I knew Disney Plus was going to do it flawlessly. Yes, literally the moment that I heard about the show, all of my like elementary school, middle school, like flashbacks came through. And I remember like the amount of Percy Jackson content that I consumed was probably very concerning. Like through Mm -hmm. I think fourth, fifth grade, I read all the Percy Jackson books. I read them multiple, multiple times. And then this spawned like a whole like hyper fixation on Greek mythology and Greek gods. Like because it's so well written to the myths, like I thought that I was like actually learning Greek mythology at points. Um, like I was just convinced. I was like, oh, that's like definitely how it actually happened. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like had like classical studies in college and was like, oh, yeah, King King yeah. Minus and the Minotaur. Yeah, it being, of course. Yeah. It, it being set within like Greek mythology is honestly some like other than obviously like our favorite Harry Potter being like a wizarding world. Like I love how it ties something that's like kind of true, but also with like fiction and myths it's amazing I'm also a huge great Greek mythology girly especially after reading these books but like I my OGs were Percy Annabeth like I loved the the big threes um kids so obviously Percy's Poseidon Thalia was um Zeus's kid and then Nico is the son of Hades so those were like my chef's kiss characters Then Annabeth, of course, being like the smart girl best friend turned romantic um, relationship. And that also spurred a huge Persebeth fan fiction era for me, which I've talked about on the pod before. But like Persebeth is my introduction to fan fiction. And I tore through fanfiction.net religiously. So yeah. And that was also like my smut introduction. Like I was reading smut Persebeth fanfics and like about these 
14 year olds being paired together um I mean they're older in the later books but like I was just obsessed um but let's not forget that even before this um tv show adaptation came out we had the movie with Logan Lerman and even though that movie wasn't like great per se I still was so obsessed with it because it was the first adaptation we were getting and I had already finished the series like I think this came out maybe like late middle school for me and by that point I already had read the series probably multiple times but I was like finally we're getting Percy Jackson recognition um and like again they weren't great per se but Percy or Logan Lerman will always be the white boy of the month and he was such a celebrity crush for me I mean still is but damn like I was obsessed with him yeah, honestly, the movies did kind of eat, like, for the campness of them. Like, I'm <laughs> fully aware and I'm behind Uncle Rick with the bad movie erasure. Like, I get it. But for what for what we had, for the crumbs that we were given up until the show, the movies, like, you know, I think, I think they're yeah, funny they to look back on. They were terrible. They mm-hmm. were a terrible adaptation. But, like, they're funny to look back on. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, like, if the movie did anything right and we'll talk about this a little later it was the lotus casino scene and i saw on tiktok all the girlies on big book talk were like bring back the lotus casino scene from the movie like let's like you know have it in the tv show we need poker face by lady gaga and it didn't happen because rick felt very strongly about not um pointing to the movies in the tv show but i was like that scene slaved so hard. That was my childhood. And I still to this day really wish that was included in the TV show. But it's okay because at least we have the movie version of that. But yes, again, like just like historically, these were the books that I was reading under my desk. Like me and I were probably staying up until 3 a.m. I used to be like a midnight sleuth, like reading, going on my YouTube black holes like you know just constantly was up in the middle of the night doing something um and 99% of the time it probably was like reading person about fan fiction or rereading the books something like that yeah no definitely these books were the reason that so like when I was growing up for whatever reason like loft beds were very popular like the kind where there was like like a space underneath and then like also above whatever so I had my bed like underneath and then there was like something above it anyway so it was like I like slept in like this little cave thing um and so it'd be really dark so when I was reading at night I would just have the whole ass lights on and finally my parents were like they bought me these little like stick on like like tap to light lights that like basically they stuck one on every wall of my little enclosure over my bed and they were like if you're reading at night use these and keep the big light off so like the fact that like they knew if they told me not to be reading at night that like that wouldn't work that they were like fine you can be up until 4 a.m reading just use like these little night lights um and that was entirely due to Percy Jackson so thank you Uncle Rick for lighting you went in the bed (laughs) yeah I know I kind of get that energy right and I had two Mm -hmm. like once I got rid of that one I had another one wow and then I upgraded to I think when I was 16 I did the whole like tumbler like bed on the floor with like a tapestry oh wow no I had one bed pretty much my entire life and my parents still have it in their house so she slays back to the main point though Just, like, hearing that the show was being adopted by Disney was obviously, like, huge because Disney is such um, a big, 
like entertainment service especially disney plus like the streaming service um and they put out some really good shows like they have a lot of marvel spinoff shows things like that so they do fantasy pretty well um but it's so weird being older now and like because the characters in the first book especially which so far we've only had one season which is based off the first book of percy jackson um they're all legitimately 12 years old so it's just so weird seeing these characters like i used to have a huge crush on percy i was so into these characters like i felt like I was one with them because we were the same age or maybe they were even older than me at that time versus now I'm in my mid twenties, like watching these shows with legit 12 year old actors. Yeah. And I do love that watching it come to life on the screen. Like again, having not read these books like for a long, long time, I think like nigh on a decade ago, I read these books right Mm -hmm. and so now watching the series and watching it come to life like it's so weird like you said like being in my mid-20s but then like at the same time it's so healing to my inner child and just watching it come to life in I mean yeah it's a tv show guys it's adaptations are 25 minute episodes like they're longer than Mm -hmm. that but obviously things are gonna get cut obviously things are gonna get left out but like Overall, for the most part, and like we'll talk about the parts that we loved and the parts that we had um, gripes with later. Overall, I had so much just like pure fun and joy watching the adaptation of this show. Like so mm-hmm. much fun. Yeah. And we love the differences. I mean, like you said, it's an adaptation. So it's not going to be exactly like the book. And we got that within the diverse cast. Like we got Persebeth, or not Persebeth, Annabeth um in the show and obviously like the actor is black and she's not blue-eyed and blonde what as annabeth is in the show but i love like the diverse take on it because it just makes it so modern day like zeus and just everyone is very diverse like grover it's a very diverse cast um which i think is awesome because that just goes to show that like now modern day it's a lot more diverse and like that's you know promoted a lot more than it was probably in like the early 2000s when this was written um but it just gives it its own edge like it makes it you know even though it's obviously draws from the books primarily like it has its own spin um but and i just can't wait to see the cast like grow up um, I always love when they actually cast people to be the age that they are. Like, remember we used to watch like Pretty Little Liars and we were like, why are they so beautiful when they're supposed to be in high school? And it's because all the actors, actresses were in their like mid-20s. But I love how now we're actually embracing casting a 12-year-old that is 12, not 16, not like 18. They're actually young, like Walker Scobell, who plays Percy Jackson. Like, we've already seen him grow like five inches in the last year since the show first like like first from when they first got cast to now it's just crazy seeing them grow up and again it's weird because I'm like wow I feel like I should be a tween as the show is coming out since that's when I was in my Percy Jackson era but it's really fun to be like the on the older side of things and just like watch these kids grow up um and I'm excited to see them like grow within their roles as well become better actors like really get into it um because it's just like my childhood and they're kind of like a different generation um even though they're probably still Gen Z but we're obviously the old end of Gen Z. They're the young end. It's very different. And I feel like I hope that these books become as meaningful to them as it was to me. And especially like 12 year olds now who are watching the show and then getting inspired to read the books. 
Oh my god, no, I think this is everywhere. And like it's so fun too, because I really feel like they're they're gonna end up giving like the golden trio of Harry Potter, like watching them Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, knock on wood. We just got season two confirmed, thank God, been manifesting that. Um, but mm-hmm. hopefully, like, if we see this through, like, they really are going to grow up, like, as their characters. And, like, I just, like, I love that feeling. It feels so magical. Like, I definitely heavily, while the show was on, was, like, on Percy Jackson TikTok. Um, like, that oh, yeah. side of TikTok, of BookTok. And I was literally eating up every single little interview. Like, they they literally are their characters, like, IRL, like, the way that they interact mm-hmm. with each other. It is so funny seeing Leah and Walker talk, like, out. obviously, like, their chemistry is eating, giving us Persebeth, like, throughout the entire series. Like, honestly, I thought, like, I was, like, this is, like, I was, I, they just, their chemistry is, like, so good while they're, like, a- like acting throughout the season. But it's so mm-hmm. funny watching their personalities, like, in the little interviews. Like, I think Leah literally admitted, um, she said, she said in an interview, she was, like, yeah sorry walker like i flirted with you like or like i had to flirt with him and like then then we found out i got the role and walker is like you were flirting with me (laughs) (laughs) like they again i'm like i'm like paraphrasing this but basically it was so it's like so cute like just like their little dynamic Mm -hmm. like even like as friends and like as actors and like exactly yeah i mean it's giving golden trio emma watson daniel radcliffe rupert grint like they're still besties to this day um you will always associate them with those characters so we can hope but i mean this show better be seen out to the end. I need every book of Percy Jackson every season. I need to see Walker and Leah and like the other characters as like 17 year olds filming like in the later books, how they, you know, they all get older. Yeah. Um, We're going to be 30 but and having a watch party together for I don't the Battle of Manhattan. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. That's how I feel like knowing that because of the actors strike like so many shows got put on hold and like i think the next season euphoria is coming out like i'm like i might be married with kids by that point probably not but (laughs) who knows um but like let's just get down even though obviously we're so obsessed with the series we can't wait for season two of course we have some things like all book to movie adaptations where you're like you know maybe not a huge fan so as I said earlier, my favorite part of the movie was the Lotus Casino scene. And I think that is actually what the TV show did the worst. Um, so basically, like, I didn't like how they walk into the casino um, and they, like, knew immediately what the Lotus flowers were. They were like, yeah, they're pumping them into the air. Time moves differently here. Like, it just wasn't as fun as it was in the movie and then in the book where they basically they accidentally eat the lotus flowers and they're like having all this fun playing games in the casino and then finally they come to this realization of like oh my god we've been here for three days and we've wasted so much time and we were like under the trap of the lotus flower um and it's like why did they not play that out at all it's basically they walked into this casino immediately they're just like don't eat anything don't do this like and i just didn't like how and rather than them being confused and finding everything out with us, with the audience, they just already knew. It's like, how would you know what the lotus flower is just going into this? Um, yeah, it just yeah. it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I do feel like it took away like part of like the urgency of the quest too, because it's like the whole point was I think in the books that they spend like three days in the in the lotus casino without realizing it and then they only had one day left and then i think in this episode by the time they got to the beach 
Poseidon was gone and like the river spirit meets them and Percy's like, no, we're gonna get the ball from Hades anyways. Blah blah blah, you know. Cute, mm. cutie, cutie pie, of course. Gonna say it through. <laughs> um, and they give and then the spirit gives him four pearls instead of three. Like there's just like a lot that of like these kind of like tiny little changes. And I do think that that was the biggest kind of confusing jump. Like maybe it made for better TV for people that haven't read the series. But I honestly don't think so. I, that that didn't make as much sense to me at all. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And again, I just, the one thing I wanted, and everyone on TikTok wanted this, we all wanted Poker Face by Lady Gaga. And we didn't get it. We got like a Dua Lipa song, which checks out a little bit because of the new generation. But I'm like, give me Poker Face by Lady Gaga or else. So... So if I ever want to go relive that scene, I will be going to the movie and not the TV show. Um, but then, of course, we do have, like, really good episodes. Me and I both loved the Capture the Flag episode, portrayed how, like, Clarice, um, daughter of Ares, is this huge bully towards Percy. Um, really, I think a lot of people had, like, this thought where they were like, walker portrays percy so well where he is just like an awkward tween i think he was like doing this dance what is that called where he flossing was, like, the Fortnite dance. Flossing. yeah he was like flossing on the rock like, peeing like, on for- break like <laughs> yeah it's just it was perfect in the way that it portrayed him and he truly is like just like a 12 year old boy yeah. um and not and the- this like savior quite yet yeah, and then I think especially the scene where Annabeth shoves him into the water and then the trident starts glowing above his head, that, mm-hmm. like, image for image was exactly what I had pictured in my mind as a kid. Like, it was actually freaky. Like, I was like, I think I imagined a smaller trident. Like, in the show, it's huge. And I think I imagined, like, mm-hmm. a small little green glowy one. But, like, same yeah. idea. Like, I had pictured it. I was like, this is crazy. It was so yeah. accurate. The amount of TikTok edits I've seen of like that specific scene, and they're like, "Son of Poseidon," yeah. and it's like he's back, and then it's like all is. these different clips of Percy. Um, no, like, the ten-year-old, um, the ten-year-old editors out there working overtime to drop <laughs> Percibeth edits after every mm-hmm. single episode. Every single Wednesday morning, when I was scrolling on TikTok after watching the episode at like nine p.m. on Tuesday night. You guys made my day. Like, I'm having my coffee yeah. every single Wednesday morning for the last several months, and I was just eating up these edits on my phone. This was me and her Hunger Games um, era back in the yep. day. I've done now the same. Have, yeah, now we have full-time jobs. It's a little harder to churn out of that content as as quick as the 10-year-olds, but they probably would do it better than us, even if we tried. Um, but yeah, and then, like, also the Medusa episode um, – Quick shout out to when me and I were planning for this episode and as your local EDM girl, I did spell Medusa with a Z after the EDM artist um, Medusa. So (laughs) quick shout out to that. If anyone ever wants like EDM recommendations, happy to share. Um, But in the Percy Jackson side of things, um, I loved getting Medusa's backstory I don't think we get that in the books. So I'm pretty sure this was just like truly a TV show spin. Yeah. Um, but of course, very like Barbie movie coded. 
find like framing her kind of as like the victim and Poseidon was the abuser and then Athena also kind of like took advantage of her and obviously made her hair sneaks for everyone she looked at would turn to stone um but I really liked the difference there and obviously she's still like evil but I liked humanizing her character a little more definitely I think in general like a lot of some of the best parts of the books is that Rick like really didn't shy away from describing like the gods as like absentee parents and like they're flawed like it's this whole idea of like in Greek mythology like the gods were had very much human characteristics like they got jealous they fought they like all these different things and like the way that he trickles that down into how they treat their children is so interesting Mm -hmm. because then like at the end of this episode obviously Percy is like oh we're gonna ship Medusa's head to Zeus like up on Mount Olympus (laughs) which is literally the most Percy Jackson thing ever he's like oh yeah I'm 12 years old just killed Medusa gonna send her beheaded head up to Zeus up on Mount Olympus just Mm -hmm. so classic but I think that sets up for in one of my one of my next favorite parts of the the next episode is when they go to Athena's temple the St. Louis Arch um and I think I think Athena is like trying to pray to her mom for help and they're like the the mother of monsters and the chimera they're like oh she's not gonna help you for your impertinence and it's like it's just so interesting because there's like all of the different like power plays amongst the gods and like you feel like you're constantly trying to keep up and like it's almost like percy obviously is like jumping into this world like having none known none of this so then he's just like going around like freeballing it like it's like that's what everyone loves about his character right is that he just he had he lives by his own rules he really doesn't give a fuck about the gods um i mean it's the same guy that turns down immortality to stay with annabeth like you know our boy i I love her boy we love him so much Um, (laughs) and so i think that that the characterization of the gods was so so interesting um another one of my favorite parts of the show like favorite scenes maybe period full stop that was also so Barbie movie coded was the scene where Sally calls Poseidon to the diner like to the bar and they sit Mm -hmm. down together and there's so much emotional tension that they can't even look each other in the eye and they have this entire conversation where both of them are not looking at each other just staring straight ahead and they're talking and Sally says, do you want to meet him? And Poseidon is like, when it's time, like, I'll be there when he's ready to face his destiny. Oh, my God. Just chills. Yes. Chills. The, the TikTok edits of he came or he called or you called something like that. I was obsessed. <laughs> he um, came, you called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was honestly yeah I love getting like more of like the parents representation too like not just um obviously like Percy about the kids like we got obviously that little snippet with his mom and Poseidon so also Poseidon being Australian just makes so much sense uh, Poseidon <laughs> for me he can get Poseidon. it he can get it <laughs> that is being that is being in your mid-20s watching the tv show rather than being like oh my god walker scobell is so cute and whatever we're like Poseidon can get it Poseidon could get it <laughs> like get come it. fish over yes. here babe like I got yeah <laughs> yeah Lin-Manuel <laughs> Miranda could, cannot in. get it he cannot get it but fucking Poseidon can get it yeah daddy yeah <laughs> 
even like the sass on some of them like honestly like Aries was so funny Hades mm-hmm. was so sassy like not how I pictured Hades at all but it worked so well for some reason yeah, not how I pictured um, Hades at all yeah another something else that we haven't even talked about is the actual betrayal and Luke like I for some reason mm-hmm. I I mean obviously like I remember the like yeah like Luke stole the lightning bolt because of Kronos and all the blah 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 and like because this was all set up it's book one right um but when he when Percy and Luke are fighting in the show which I think is an add-on to the show I think it's a, a unique part of the adaptation in the show is that they're fighting and Luke like Percy hits Luke and then Percy says I'm sorry I don't want to hurt you because his fatal flaw is loyalty and Percy will do anything for his friends and his family and he will always 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 protect them that hurt Mm -hmm. that like hurt yeah and then luke like and like percy was willing to like lay down their swords and try to like talk it out and then luke tried to attack him again and then escaped but yeah yeah, i forgot how much that betrayal hurts you know especially when annabeth comes out and she was watching the whole thing wearing her invisibility yankees cap so you know, I'm just so excited for Thalia to come. I need her to come come into next season. Um, yeah, we need our we punk rock baddie. Yeah, and I also need to see, I think, for next season, more water powers. Like, we only saw it, like, that one time when Percy was fighting Ares with, like, he basically created the huge um, wave. But I need more of that. Um, like, I need more water powers when he gets more powerful you know and then him and like Thalia I remember fight in the books like where she uses her lightning power and he's using his water power and I just remember being like oh I want water power I want lightning power uh, I want to be a demigod so I'm looking forward to all of this but it will come hopefully all right guys obviously we've been just reliving our overall fangirl era as we've been re-watching this show and so I think what's been fun to kind of reflect on and honestly also a bit cringy is <laughs> looking back to this kind of era of the fangirl era so for me and Carly this is like late elementary school to early middle school days okay so early 2010s and there was just an energy about in society that girls like fan fandoms you had to be part of a fandom or you had to claim a fandom or fandoms were like pitted against each other like they just people talk about now like oh you know 12 year old girls are so cringy and like they're called annoying and cringy and like whatever when they're obsessed with one direction or they're believers or swifties or whatever and I don't think people really get that that was such a thing. Like, for me in my school, it was, like, you were either a directioner or you were a believer. Or, like, you either liked Taylor Swift or you liked Selena Gomez. Or, obviously, for our book girls, like, there's Hunger Games and Twilight, but are you team Peta, Peta or team Gail? Or are you team Edward or are you <laughs> team Jacob? Like, there's just something about this era of books and entertainment cultures, so like, books, pop culture, movies, yes. whatever – that like fandoms was just like I, I don't even huge. know. It was huge. I missed the midnight movie premieres where it'd be like at Twilight and everyone would be wearing Team Jacob, Team Edward shirts, like screaming when Jacob took his shirt off. Like that was the best era ever. Um, but 
the Percy Jackson fangirls are like the true reader fangirls because I feel like we didn't have the book to movie or like book to TV show adaptation for so long versus like we got Hunger Games, we got Twilight. So a lot of people were major fangirls, but they never had actually read the books. Like they had only seen the movies, but Percy Jackson, you had to be an OG and have read the books because we didn't have like an adaptation to fangirl over. We didn't have like real life actors where you would like associate them with like Percy or the characters so we were the true OG reading girlies and I stand by that um especially because I feel like most of my friends were especially my friend Jill where we grew up together she was the one where we were reading Percy Beth fan fiction side by side at our sleepovers just silently reading um like she's still like now she's my Akatar girlie she's thrown a glass like Crescent City um, she's exactly like me and I, and she also had this Percy Jackson obsession. So I'm convinced that like Harry Potter and Percy Jackson began it all for all the reading girls. Oh, it's absolutely the pipeline. I mean, that's the core of our gifted childhood yeah. <laughs> with Percy Jackson and Harry Literally Potter the, to burn out. The to core of our smut. podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're listening to this, welcome. You found your people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like. It just is really funny and it's so cringy thinking about when we were like 10 to 13 years old, we had this intense time period where we were just obsessed with like fandoms. It could be multiple, it could be one, but I mean, the way that half of us were 10 years old and we thought that members of One Direction were going to marry us. Like I would read One Direction smutty fan fiction, specifically ones where it'd like be like a you perspective where it'd like put me as your name I was like in a hotel room with like Harry Styles and like I was like why was I reading that that is so creepy but I was such a directioner guys like obviously other than my reading fangirling like One Direction I loved the Vine Boys specifically Nash Greer <laughs> Vampire Diaries all that yeah no 100% the directioner thing is so real like I read after on AO3 like when it was a piece of fan fiction about Harry Styles Mm -hmm. it's like you guys the whole fandom fanfic era of this when you specifically it's like no like YN which stands for your name like tosses her hair up into a messy bun and ties her converse sneakers um yeah. and puts on a big t-shirt and walks downstairs and Harry Styles is sitting in his living room and your mom just sold you to Harry Styles to pay like he sold back. you yes okay why is account. it yeah why yeah. is after beginning as a Harry Potter not Harry Potter Harry Styles fan fiction then being turned to a movie giving like manacled being turned into like an actual book yeah <laughs> like honestly, same thing manacled's a lot better but same thing different font like 20 years later yeah I mean it's like 50 shades of gray started off as twilight fan fiction yes like, like christian gray is based off of edward I will take this to my grave that everything begins and ends at fan fiction <laughs> that is the beginning of life it's the cradle of life, the womb that we all came from and we all will return to. <laughs> Literally, I will be returning and I will and that's where I came from. So I'll be like in my retirement home reading like Jermaine. Yeah. No, but like literally, like and that and that's where it, it's like every fandom. Like you guys, like I read so much Twilight fan fiction, so much Hunger Games fan fiction, so much, we all know this, Gallagher Girls 
the Ali Carter series was my shit. I wrote probably 50 plus fan fiction stories about that series. Like absolutely absurd. Um, oh, Avatar The Last Airbender. I wrote I read so much smutty Zuko Katara, Zutara fan fiction. <laughs> like I I'm mm-hmm. still to this day at their end game. For oh, me. I don't we even gotta care. do an we're we gonna do, do we're gonna Avatar, do an episode, you guys. Action. So if you if you guys like this one, we'll watch and review and the new Avatar live action show that's actually coming out in a few weeks. I for one think that it's obviously nothing is ever gonna live up to the animated series because it's literally one of the best TV series ever made of all time. Case in point. Um that's just my opinion. And so I'm interested to see the live action adaptation. I think it's going to be so much better than that live action adaptation movie that we literally don't speak of with M. Night Shyamalan. But if you like this vibe, I'm sure we will have a lot to say about that. Um, but like mm. the it, it all came down to being so deep in the fandom that it's like you couldn't like consume enough. Like the amount of blogs yeah. that I read about One Direction, the amount of like behind the youtube videos youtube videos that i watched about percy jackson and harry potter like just this era for it was like you were it was just so ingrained in my brain like these things i they were constant like if roman empire was a thing back then i would have had like 50 roman empires and they all would have been different fandoms a hundred percent literally my mom being like why are you up at 3 a.m and i'm watching like funny one direction moments part like 12 that's like a 30 minute (laughs) 30 minute video on youtube so yeah i think it's like the i don't know what it is between like the obsessive girls like us or we grew up like obsessed with things but i think it's like our ed like our undiagnosed adhd rabbit holes obsession that just drives some girls like this to be obsessed and i'm all here for it like these obsessions these roman empires really built who i am today um so i really would love for like this era to kind of come back i think it'd be so funny like we need like a like a twilight reunion movie like in theaters where it's like everyone who used to be like a huge fangirl come wear like your old paraphernalia and like be screaming at the tv just like i would i think i would die and like i would die and then come back to life like it would resurrect me of how happy i would be from that i i would absolutely go kylie will you be my date (laughs) to the 20 year twilight reunion (laughs) i will be your date mia maybe r&r will bring this and we'll like in new york city we'll both be here we'll we'll host like a reunion twilight movie of viewing um or all all of these movies like we'll do a we'll have a reading it'll be mia reading her old galaga girls fan fiction at like a bookstore we'll have some wine and cheese it'll be great this is like we're like, how can we use what we used to be obsessed with in our, you know, like in our childhoods, and make it so that it's adult friendly? Just add some cheese boards, add some wine, we'll be good to go. Literally, no, but truly and like truly and honestly, um, I I love this era. I love, I love on un- unapologetically loving things. Like, let me geek out. Like, let me nerd out. Like, if you're if you're if somebody's calling you nerdy for something, it actually just means that you're mm-hmm. passionate about it. Okay. Um, I had I was told that by a um, 
a fucking um whitewater rafting instructor in Colorado just last <laughs> summer. <laughs> wow, that's inspirational. Like, we need yeah. this man to come give a talk on our podcast. He was the stinkiest man I've ever smelled in my entire life. But Ew. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, take it from <laughs> the words. It all. Take it from the words of our of my smelly whitewater rafting tour guide. If you're if you're nerding out about something, if someone's calling you a nerd, it actually just means that you're passionate about it. And I truly and honestly have applied that advice to my life. <laughs> since hearing it write that on my tombstone <laughs> because i am a nerd i am a nerd we'll just get that out mm-hmm. there and if this- you're mm-hmm. if you're reading and ranting bestie like most likely you're a nerd and we love you for it if you're on tiktok seeing like edit percy jackson edits like akatar edits if you're on like i've recently been on darth vader like edit tiktok from like star wars if you're on that side we love you and that's why you're our besties and you're our listeners um and we do want to hear from you guys i know we always say this but like let us know like what fandom were you obsessed with growing up that either me and i will be like oh my god yes we also were obsessed with that or we'll be like deep cut let's go and investigate see what was up like what were we missing on because i want to know all right guys so we hope you enjoyed this episode and on the topic of greek mythology next week's episode we're going to be diving into guild or the plated prisoner series by raven kennedy we found this series super super interesting because it's a retelling of the myth of king midas the gold-touched king um there's a lot of interesting characters themes and motifs to discuss with this book series so we're so excited to share our thoughts with you especially since the most recent book just came out in december and both of us are currently working on reading it but as you guys know we're always looking for book recs so if you have a suggestion shoot us a dm on tiktok at reading ranting pod or email us at readingandrentingpod at gmail.com. Till next time, happy reading, besties. Bye.